Hello everyone. Welcome to another Church at Home service. Thank you so much for being with us. We trust that all is well. If you're joining us for the first time today, you are more than welcome. We are so excited to have you with us. We would like to get to know you more. Please click the link in the description box and fill in the welcome card. In the book of Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33, it says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So this morning, church, I just want to encourage you to keep on seeking God, keep seeking his righteousness, keep being still, for the Lord our God knows our needs. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He knows all that we yearn for. All we need to do is be still and know that he is God in all our circumstances. i 
Uh, greetings, Church. Uh, for those who do not know me, my name is Sonzukan Maluleke, and I'm very excited to be sharing this offering message with you today. Our scripture for today is from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, and we will read from verse 1 to verse 3, and it reads as follows. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith then that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all, my, all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. In the scripture, we learn that everything that we do must be done out of love. Paul reminds us that even the gift of tongues is meaningless without love. Without love, a person may speak with the gift of tongues, but it is as meaningless and it, it is nothing but empty noise. Prophecy, knowledge, and faith to do miracles are likewise irrelevant apart from love. As Christians, we believe that our Christian life is all about sacrifice, sacrificing our money, our life and all other things that you can think of for the cause of Jesus Christ. And yes, sacrifice is important, but without love it is useless. It profits us nothing. Everything everything that is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 to 3 is, is a good thing. Tongues are good. Prophecy and knowledge and faith are good. Sacrifice is good. But love is so valuable, so so valuable, so important that apart from it, every other good thing is useless. True love is always demonstrated by action. A good example would be that of John 3, chapter 16. Let us do everything out of love. Let us not, the, let us not make the mistake of letting go of what is best for something else that is good. Thank you, church. Hi, church. We hope you are all doing well. I'd like to personally invite you to our next in-person Sunday or Wednesday church gatherings. We understand that safety is a priority for most people right now. And I can assure you that we are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that you and your family will be safe before, during, and after the church gathering. So here are some of the things that you can expect at any of our in-person church gatherings. Upon arrival, you'll be greeted by our fantastic check-in managers who will scan your temperature and make sure that you have filled in the COVID-19 declaration form. To ensure a smooth and contactless check-in experience, we ask that you uh, pre-book your seat online and also fill in the COVID-19 declaration form prior to your arrival at church. If you are also signing up for other members of your family, make sure that you have filled in the COVID-19 declaration form for each member of your family. As you enter the auditorium, uh, one of our ushers is going to help you to find your seat. Now, our seats have been spaced out to allow for a safe physical distance between you and those that are around you. But you also have the option of sitting next to your family members and your loved ones. We ask that you kindly keep your face mask on, covering both your nose and your mouth throughout the time that you will be on the church premises. Because your safety and the safety of those that are around you is one of our top priorities. And lastly, as awesome as Church at Home has been, 
We know and we can assure you that it cannot compare to an in-person church gathering. So I cannot wait to see you on our next church gathering. Take care and God bless you. Good morning, church at home. So good to be with you again on this very cold day. But we hope that you are well and that you are warm this morning. And so the scripture for today that we're going to focus on is taken from the book of Matthew chapter 24. We'll read from verse 36 to verse 44. Let us go into it. So Matthew chapter 24 verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding in the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is life, that your word is light, that your word is food into our spirits, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that you help us to be able to hear and to understand and to take heed what you are teaching us through this passage of Scripture. Help us to apply it in our lives so that our lives may be changed. We pray for all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So this is definitely a very solemn and a very serious warning from our Lord Jesus Christ. And the chapter begins uh, with Jesus. So, so the passage begins with Jesus saying, but concerning that day. And obviously my mind and your mind ask the question, which day? And so we have to look at the context of the chapter for that. So basically what's happening in this chapter is that Jesus and his disciples are on the Mount of Olives, which is directly overlooking the temple, which was in Jerusalem at that time. And so the chapter opens with the disciples pointing out to Jesus the magnificence of the temple, which was in Jerusalem. And indeed, the temple was magnificent. But Jesus responds to them by saying, not one stone will be left on another that shall not be thrown down, which was a prediction of the destruction of the temple, which, was, uh, which took place in AD 70 by the Roman Empire. And in verse 3, we are told that the disciples come to Jesus privately to inquire about the times when these things would take place and also to ask about the sign of Jesus' coming and of the end of the age. And so our passage for today is Jesus responding to the question of the disciples regarding the sign of his coming. And he says that concerning that day, so that is the day that they are talking about. That day is the great and awesome day of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And here's the first thing. So today I'm just going to, as always, just look at uh, three things that we can learn or point out to in this passage of Scripture. And the first one is this, and it is the most important. And it is regardless of what you believe, regardless of what you were taught growing up, regardless of what someone else once said to you, this is the thing that we need to know, that we need to be reminded. And it is this, that Jesus is coming again. That is just the truth. That is a fact that Jesus is actually coming again. And just as there was a day when Jesus came into the world and was born through the Virgin Mary, there will also be another day that Jesus comes again, that comes again, that returns back to the earth. And this time he won't come as a little baby, but he will come as a glorified king of the universe. You know, there will be a day when he comes to collect those who believe in him, a day that marks the end of everything. As we know it. And so listen to what Peter said about Jesus in the first sermon ever preached and recorded in the New Testament church. So this is taken from the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 22 to 24. And Peter says, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grasp. Understand this, that Jesus was the anointed one who was to come into the world and set people free from their bondage to sin. And you may be saying to yourself, how do we know that to be true? Peter says, we know this to be true because there is no one else who has, who has ever done the things that Jesus did. He says, God put his stamp of approval on this Jesus of Nazareth by using him to perform powerful miracles, wonders, and signs. As you well know, speaking to the people that were his audience, they knew these things to be true. And so listen to what Jesus said about himself. This is at the beginning of his earthly ministry, after he had spent 40 days and 40 nights in the, in the desert and he was tempted by the enemy. Immediately he begins his earthly ministry. He goes into the synagogue. And, the, and he's given a scroll and he opens the scroll and finds the place where it says this concerning himself. So this is Luke chapter 4 verses 18 to 19. And he opens the scriptures where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Immediate, immediately after this, he says to the people that were listening to him, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, signifying that this scripture was speaking about himself, that he is the anointed one who was about to come into the world. He is the one who is used by God to do these powerful signs and, and miracles and wonders. And Peter is saying that God publicly endorsed that Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth, to the whole world by using him to perform powerful miracles, wonders, and signs. 
And then he continues. He says, according to God's foreknowledge and prearranged plan, which involved Jesus giving his life for the forgiveness of our sins, that the, G the Jewish religious leaders put him to death by nailing him on the cross. And he was buried in a tomb. He died and was buried in the tomb. But God, after three days, raised him from the dead because it was impossible for death to hold, the, to keep the author of life in its bounds. And so Paul, there's another man who's called Paul. He used to be called Saul of Tarsus. And he has a very interesting story because he's a man who once so hated Christianity that he ruthlessly tortured and imprisoned each and everyone who was a follower of Jesus Christ. Later in his life, he also got converted to Christianity after receiving a powerful revelation of Jesus Christ personally to himself. And later in his ministry, he writes this in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is from verse 3 to verse 8. This is Paul, the one who used to hate Christianity and torture Christians. He writes this. He says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by, by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to this day, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. And so Paul also underscores the same thing. He says Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. He did not die for his own sins, but he died for the sins of you and I and everyone who has ever lived and everyone who will ever live. And he was buried in the tomb because he died. Then after three days, Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God. And he spent 40 days after his resurrection and before his ascension, he spent 40 days on the earth. And during this time, many people saw him. And then Paul proceeds to list the people because the people that he was writing to knew some of these names, knew some of these people. And he says he was seen by Cephas, who's also called Peter. You know, he was seen by the 12 disciples. He was seen by five. 500 people all at the same time. And it's, it's almost as if he says, if you don't believe me, many of them are still alive to this day. Go and ask them for yourself. Go and inquire of these things. He was also seen by James, the half-brother of Jesus. He was seen by all the apostles. And lastly, he was seen by Paul himself. These are the people that attest to the fact that Jesus, Jesus' bodily resurrection did take place. And it is a well-attested to fact that we can know for sure. And then when the 40 days after his resurrection were up, Jesus ascended back to the presence, to the right hand of the Father in heaven where he had come from. And Luke, um, the physician, writes this in the book of Acts chapter 1 from verse 10 to 11. And so this is the account of the ascension when Jesus went back to be with the Father. And it says, while they, and while they looked, so he's talking about the 12, uh, the, the 11 at this point, the disciples that, that, that Jesus had handpicked. And so while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as Jesus went up, behold, 
two men stood by them in white clothing or white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Listen to me. Listen very well. The one thing that we can all know for sure today, the one thing that is absolutely sure that we can know of today is that Jesus will come again. Jesus is returning. He said, the same way that, he, that you have seen him go up, that is the same way that he's going to come back again. He is coming again. In fact, in the book of Revelation, so the so book of Revelation is a, is a fascinating book. Basically, one of the apostles named John received a revelation from Jesus concerning heaven and, and the Lord Jesus and the things that are going to take place in the future. And in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus himself is speaking uh, to, to John and, and through John to us as the church. And he says this in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. This is Jesus. Listen to this. He says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Look, I am coming soon. This is Jesus saying, in fact, in the same chapter, he says this three times in one chapter to say, I am coming soon. Make no mistake about it. I am coming soon. And depending on our standpoint uh, in reference to Jesus, this might be exceedingly good news for some. And for some other people, it might be terrible news because he says, I come and I'm bringing my reward with me. When he comes, he will judge the people and he will give to each according to how they have lived while they were here on earth. That's the first thing that I wanted to, to pick out and to, and to highlight from this passage of Scripture. The second one is this, and it's very clear. Jesus even begins with it, is that no one knows when. There's so many people that have spent so much time, so many people even right now that are scratching their heads, trying to predict, trying to calculate when this day is going to take place. Jesus says it's very simple. No one knows when. Not even the angels in heaven know when this day is going to take place. Only the Father is the one who knows. But then he, he, he gives us a couple of examples. And he first starts by saying, as were the days of Noah. Now, understand this, that the days of Noah were very terrible days upon the earth. And you can learn about them from the book of Genesis, from chapter 6 to chapter 7. You will understand they were very terrible, terrible days upon the earth. Just listen to this. Taken from Genesis chapter 6, verse 11 to verse 13. This is what it says. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. This is what was happening during the time of Noah. Noah then was given the task of warning the people, and indeed he warned the people of his day about the coming flood that was going to bring an end to all life as they knew it. But none of them paid any attention, which is not unlike the times that we live in. There's people 
people that are warning us of the day that is coming. There are people that are warning us about the judgment, but so many of us, we don't pay attention. We think we still have time. You know, we think it's not going to take place for too long. I'm still going to have an opportunity to, to, to make things right. But in the days of Noah, it says, you know, no one paid attention to him. People continued doing their business until one day where Jesus says, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They went about their daily lives completely oblivious of what was about to come until that day when it started raining. But this time it didn't stop raining. It, it just kept on raining, kept on pouring for a period, a total period of 40 days and 40 nights. It kept on pouring water and rain upon the earth until water had risen so much that the whole earth was submerged in water and every living creature died during that flood. And Jesus is saying, in the same way that the people in Noah's day were taken by surprise, even so with the coming, with the day of the coming, of the Lord Jesus Christ, people will be taken by surprise. It will, that day will be completely unpredictable. And it's precisely because it will be a day like any other. You know, I don't think there is anything that will be explicitly different between that day and any other day. Just as in the days of Noah, you know, Jesus says, then uh, at that time, you know, then two men will be out in the field. You know, they will be carrying out their normal duties for the day. Then suddenly one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding in the mill. They will be going about their normal daily routine, doing the things they have always done. And then suddenly one will be taken. And one will be left. When it happens, there will not be enough time for any one of us to be able to do anything about it. It will all happen suddenly. And by the time you and I realize what is happening, it will all be too late. There will be no opportunity for anyone to repent, for anyone to put their trust in Jesus Christ or to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Time will have run out. And this leads us to this one question that remains to be answered. And each and every person needs to ask themselves this question. And the question is this, are you ready? Are you ready for that day? Am I ready for that day? Should that day be today? Am I ready? Will the Lord find me ready? Should that day be today? Will you be found ready? Will you be part of the ones that are taken or part of the ones that are left? In verse uh, 42 and 44, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says this. Verse 42, he says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Verse 44, therefore, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour. You do not expect him to come. And the question is, how do you get ready for something you don't even know when it will take place, when it will happen? And the answer to that is very simple. You stay ready. You live ready. You, you, you prepare yourself each and every day. Because even though you may not know when, but you know that it will happen. So you, you, you live a life that is ready. And you stay ready. You live each and every day doing the things that he expects to find you doing 
when he returns. And let me just encourage us not to get distracted. Jesus says in verse 42, stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. Do not go to sleep. Do not get distracted. Do not lose focus. Stay awake. Stay focused. Stay alert because you do not know when. Therefore, stay awake. So let us not spend time focusing on things that do not matter. Let us not spend time debating and fighting about things that do not matter. And sometimes, you know, it's very interesting because sometimes we actually get distracted by good things, by doing good things, such as ministry or serving in the church or serving in the community. Sometimes we get distracted by doing good things. Not realizing that inwardly we have drifted away from God. We, have, we are so focused on serving God and making an impact in our community that we forget to spend time with God in his presence all by ourselves, all alone with him. We go into his presence not because we want something from him, but because we want him, because we love him. We are in relationship with him. And I would also just like to remind us today to prioritize God's presence, to prioritize the relationship that we have with him, to invest time in that relationship. Don't just do things for God, but take the time to be with God, to spend time with God, to seek his face, to seek his presence, not because you want him to do something for you, but because you love him. You want to grow in your love and your knowledge of him. You want to know him better. And you want to grow and get better at obeying his word. Let, it, let us do that. Let us prioritize these things. Let us prioritize God's presence and not get distracted even by doing things that might be good in and out of themselves. And the last scripture I'd like to live with us is from 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. This is what, this is what he writes. He says, Dear children, remain joined to Christ. Then when he comes, we can be bold. We will not be ashamed to meet him when he comes. You know that God is right and always does what is right. And you know that everyone who does what is right is of God. And so the answer to the question, how do we prepare ourselves for that day is this. Remain joined to Christ. Remain joined to Jesus. That's first and most important. That is paramount. Let us remain joined. Let us stay connected to Jesus. And I'd like to ask you right now, do you have a relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, do you have a relationship with this God? Do you understand? Do you do you you know understand some of the things that I'm saying? And have they happened in your life? Have you placed your your faith and your life in Jesus Christ? And if you are here and your life is not joined to Jesus Christ, if you are listening to me right now and you know in your heart, you know that you are not ready for the day of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ because you have not made things right with God. Right now, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to do just that, to, re to respond, to respond to, to what God has done for you and to make things right with him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And if you are here and have never accepted Jesus into your life, all you need to do is to accept God's uh, free gift of salvation by saying yes to Jesus, by accepting Jesus to be the Lord, the King, and the Savior of your life. 
And you just need to pray a prayer to God. You need, you need to speak to God. He is with you. He's listening. He's waiting to hear from you. And don't say, you know, I'm still young. Or surely there will be another opportunity for me to do this later in life. Because you and I simply do not know the day or the hour of his coming. And even if we did know the day, or even if we could calculate, you know, that day with accuracy, we do not know the day or the hour that we will pass on from this earth because make no mistake about it each and every one of us there is a day one day in our lives when we will pass on from this world and none of us know that day and so this may be your last opportunity to make things right with god so pray to god say god today i say yes to jesus i thank you for what you have done to make the total forgiveness of my sins possible thank you for making it possible for me to be reconciled to you and today, I lay my life in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you are a believer here today, here's what I do not want you to do. I do not want you to listen to messages like this and, and live in fear or paranoia. I do not want you to obsess over conspiracy theories, over the, the day of his return. That's what I don't want you to do. But realize this, that if you know what you are going to be tested on, you are better able to prepare for it. And so John says that the only way we will not be ashamed to meet Jesus when he comes is if we are doing what is right. And what does that mean? It begins with us carrying out the Great Commission, going into all the world, sharing the good news of the gospel, and making disciples of all nations, bringing people into God's kingdom. But that's not all. We also need to live lives that are holy and pleasing to God, lives that are clean and pure and pleasing to God. Live lives that will not make us ashamed should Jesus come back right now. Should Jesus come back later today to know that we will not be ashamed because we have lived lives that are pleasing to God. So let me leave you with this challenge. Something that I believe, you know, will help us to be able to ready ourselves and to stay ready for his coming. And so I want you to find some time, pull out a, a, a piece of paper, you know, or open a new note uh, from, your, from your phone or your computer, you know. Uh, but get a piece of paper, get a paper, get something to write on. And I want you to write the following at the top. This is the heading at the top of the piece of paper. Write this statement. If I knew with certainty that Jesus would return today, I would. If I knew with certainty that today is the day that Jesus would return, I would. And then I want you to list down all the things that you would do. For some people, it may be to share the gospel more, to share their testimony and their story with others more. You know, for some person, it might be to become a nicer or a kinder person, to ask for forgiveness from others or to forgive that person that hurts us. It might, be, it might mean, you know, that we need to stop gossiping, stop doing what is wrong, stop sinning. Whatever it is, write all of them down. And then when you are done, commit yourself to doing those things each and every day for the rest of your life because that is what staying ready means it means doing the things that you know you know that he will be pleased when he finds you doing them because then it will not matter to you whether jesus comes again later today next year or a hundred years from now because you know whenever he does come he will find you ready 
he will find you doing you know exactly what he expects you to be doing and lastly someone once said this he said if you live every day as if it were your last day someday you will most certainly be right let us pray our heavenly father we thank you so much for this solemn and very serious warning that you warn us with help us to heed this warning to live lives that are ready each and every day to live as if we know for sure that you are coming back that same day any moment from now you will come back help us to live lives that are ready i pray for each and every person that has made a decision to accept you as their lord and savior for the first time in their lives i pray that you keep them that you protect them that you nurture them and that you grow them i pray that you surround them with people that will help them to grow to walk this walk this life of of walking with you in the way father god that will please you i pray that you keep them and that you mature them in jesus christ mighty name we thank you and honor you and praise you now and forevermore amen amen and so if you gave your life to jesus today for the very first time we are so excited and welcome to the family of god this is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life and so please let us know about it by clicking the link i gave my life to god and you fill in a very short form that is there you know and you know we will be able to reach out to you to help you on this journey and rest assured you know it will take you just a couple of minutes it's not a long form and lastly god bless you and keep you god make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may god lift up his face upon you and give you peace have a blessed week and see you next time. Hi, my name is Mondik Ten and together with my wife, we pastor People's Church. I'm so glad that you chose to join us online today and I pray that God uses this resource to make you more and more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's important to note that these kinds of resources are never meant to replace the need for you to belong to a local church congregation where you are led and shepherded. A place where you can use your gifts and your resources to make a positive impact on the lives of the people around you. This is only meant to supplement and not substitute them. And lastly, I would like to ask you, if these resources have been of benefit to you, would you kindly consider giving to People's Church? This is so that we can continue to invest in technologies that help us and enable us to increase our reach and spread the message of Jesus Christ even wider and to even more people. For ways to do that, you can go to our website and click on the Giving tab and you'll see ways to be able to give. Now once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Take care and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed yourself. Please don't forget to register online for our in-person service. See you next week Sunday.